Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When you need to know what's going on around the world, stay with Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back to Weekends with Jason Olborn. I'm delighted to uh, continue to have your company today. And my next guest is one of our own, but a lot bigger than that, of course. Brewster Torres is Trine Day Publishing's Marketing Director. He's the host of World State with Brewster Torres here on TNT Radio and author of God School 9-11 and JFK, The Lies That Are Killing Us and The Truth That Sets Us Free. That sounds like words that I've been speaking my entire life. As an actor, he had lead roles in comedies, dramas and musicals in New York City and around the US. And as an entrepreneur, Bruce hosted hundreds of business network meetings and has developed his marketing sales and public speaking skills. And you're going to see them right now. Bruce DeTorres, welcome to Weekends. Thank you, Jason. Great to be with you. It's terrific to have you on the show, Bruce, and uh, this like-mindedness, it's a little bit too familiar, but I'm sure that there are things that we don't agree on, but I just find it fascinating that we get to this stage in our lives and we look at the world the way that it is and the world the way that it could be uh, adjusted because of events that took place and this idea of you know JFK and 9-11 and being able to link them through God's School as your dad is a huge story. I was going to ask you about uh, your career as such, but um, maybe we'll start from being an author. It's a big deal to write a book. What made you want to do that? It was an idea about energy and consciousness uh, as a result of my own uh, struggling to learn how to act and be better and better on stage, be effective, get the part, make a director happy, and paying attention to my scene partner. I had a huge epiphany about paying attention, and it led to uh, 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 an aha about the concept of what is reality or what is consciousness. And it, it's a very exciting idea, the idea that everything's made out of energy. Every, most educated people will agree with that. But to me, that meant that if the universe burst into existence and became you, me, and everything that we see, and it's all made out of energy, why? And I thought, is it because it wanted to? And Jason, that made sense to me in this huge crashing way that I'm not doing justice to right now. But I wanted to write a book about the idea that thoughts become things. Everything's made out of energy. What we give attention to, we're giving energy to, which is the ability to exist. That's what consciousness is. And I was off to the races and I, and I developed that for years in the late 90s. And then I put it away because I had trimmed it down to 41 pages. I had drafted it to 200 and then I crushed it down to 41 pages, which were very specific ideas about it. I didn't want to repeat what these great new age people are writing and what Deepak Chopra, this is a very common kind of theme I'm, I'm discussing right now. And I put it away. I guess I got it out of my system. And then in 2004, someone who was very convincing, said, you need to look at 9-11. The official story is nonsense. In fact, I think he said it was an inside job. And I quickly found that to be so. And after 10 years of reading and digging into 
as much behind the curtain about how the real world really works in 2014, I decided, wow, I have to write about how great President Kennedy was. I have to. And I'll put all this other, all these other horrors that I thought the world needed to know. I'd never written a book before. And, and I'll wrap it in my very, very lovely and empowering and optimistic and, you know, even airy-fairy, but very, very, uh, you know, popular ideas about the nature of reality, the, the, the oneness of existence. These are old Eastern ideas, Jason. You know, there's only one of us here. This is something of a Maya, and illusion, George Harrison's whole, woo, you know. And I crafted the book that was finished around 2020, God School, 9-11, and JFK. And I submitted it to Trine Day Publishing, whose books I had been reading, exposing all these kinds of things. And Chris, the publisher there, said, great, but it can't come out till early 21. And this 20 was the year of COVID. So I wrote a brand new chapter called COVID-19 and got it in the book before it came out three years ago, around April 2021. And that's that's the basic story of my book. The idea of consciousness or awareness, the very notion of being able to understand something that previously we weren't able to, it's a big deal, but you can also simplify it in many different ways. The lies that are killing us is in fact part of the title of your book, The Truth Will Set Us Free. It's astonishing and yet so simple. And I'm just wondering in how you framed and set up the story, was it really that easy to be able to draw these conclusions and therefore work out the story that you really needed to tell? Relatively so, because again, I had been studying these things for 10 years before I even got the idea, what would I put on paper? So mm. that was a fantastic creative challenge. And I got up early and I stayed up late and I was, I was obsessed with the writing and the rewriting and the rewriting and the rewriting of putting it all together. But for 10 years, Jason, Mm. I dove headfirst into countless books, countless articles, countless interviews on the internet, countless lectures and seminars about everything under the sun. And it's a deep dive. What I ended up cobbling together is a, is a real big, huge review of American history, the, the lies the uh, the false flags and I because I discovered you know you you pull nine eleven that's a great thread or door to go through or Kennedy's assassination now it's you know COVID or you you name it and eventually you get to Wall Street's money you get to those families you get to the Harrimans you get to the Bushes you get to secret societies like Skull and Bones you get to uh, the Masons, you get to the Illuminati and you go all the way back. And I was lucky enough to get all that in my book. Is it a thousand pages? No, it's only 175 pages. And and the, the thing that was best or I was luckiest is that I was a lifelong reader. Well, I just love to read. So to devour book after book after book, article after article after article, and, and then try to pack the tightest, leanest, snowball of, a, of an effective you know piece of writing was was thrilling it was exhausting i don't, I don't know that I, i'll ever write another book you know i'm open to, i fo kind of follow what's 
you know, what calls me, what draws me and things like that. But here's the shameless plug. If anybody wants to read about it, they can go to my site, brucedtaurus.com. And the front page, the home page is a long list of fantastic reviews, comments, blurbs, etc., from many, 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 many people because I wanted to gather as many of those quotable quotes and blurbs as possible because there's nothing more persuasive, you know, to get someone to spend whoop-de-doo, you know, $19 to buy the book. And sometimes it's on sale at Amazon or somewhere. Um, I'm really, really, um, it has fulfilled my wildest dreams because it's not until you send it around you know, with the simple request, hi, my name is Bruce Tesaurus, you know, I, I've got a book coming out, um, and I was wondering if I, if I sent you the manuscript, the PDF, if you read it, and if you liked it, would you write something that I could use in marketing? And I got to tell you, Jason, I was really late, l lucky enough to, to get yeses from authors I had been reading for 10, 15 years, and then through getting published at Trine Day, um, I quickly... Chris invited me to do a podcast with him because he liked my voice. And I said, well, I know how to do audio editing. So for the last three years, I've helped him kind of like Ed McMahon, kind of like a sidekick while Chris Milligan interviews people for Trying Day's podcast. We've done 130 something, you know, of these authors. These are the guys who are writing the books that I was reading, you know, and they talk for 45 minutes or whatever. And I get to kibitz and, you know, ask some questions. So I'm still immersed in the research and the absorbing and the absorbing and the absorbing. And obviously, I've got the gift of gab. I was lucky enough to get interviewed a few times on TNT. And then I, I reached back and said, what does it take to have your own show on TNT? And we had those conversations in my show launched last year around this time. I find it astonishing, Bruce, that you're able to put it together so simply, be able to work on something that you just set your heart out to do. Many people who'll be watching and listening will wonder why it is that some people are successful at doing this and others can't. But is it a case of just, as I like to tell people, finding your obsession? making it your profession and therefore never working a day in your life. It seems that that's really all we all want to do is do the work that we're meant to do, enjoy it, and in your case, be able to rub shoulders with those that influenced you. It seems that it's not so hard after all. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, it's dream come true kind of stuff. Um, no one's getting rich, you know, because selling the truth is uh, is a struggle in this in this uh, in this world, at least in the Western world. I'm in the United States, and yet it's it's really thrilling to see because I had a hunch. This information thrills me. It's urgent and important. I, you know, I was on I, I couldn't believe what I was learning for the ten years before I started writing the book, and then I spent mm -hmm. another six years or so writing the book. And, and found through getting it published and solicit, you know, I reached out to lots of folks and podcasts, you know, to be interviewed. Um, you know, there's a, you know, we could talk all day about the, the, the freedom movement, you want to call it, you know, or mm. the truth movement or whatever, because God bless it. You know, we, you know, the, the lies are killing us and the truths about them set us free. Number one, practically. So, okay. If I know my government and the media probably align with everything they say, I can protect myself by not automatically believing them and doing some research on myself and confirming, gee, should I get this injection? Gee, should I wear this mask, et cetera, et cetera, just at that practical level. And then 
like I say, I wrapped it in these ideas about energy consciousness and the and the nature of reality. The truth that sets us free is that this is something of an illusion. This is something of a game we came to play as eternal spirits, I hope, and fantasize and you know. And that the, the truth that sets us free is the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, if there's only one of us here, Jason, and I'm really rushing to get everything and I don't know why I'm doing that. If there's really only one of us here, I do unto myself when I do unto others or I do unto you. And that's what all the mystics, the poets, the spiritualists, the, the religious leaders, even the social movement leaders like Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr., this is what they're all, this is what they seem to exude. It seemed to be what they were filled with. And it seemed to be what attracted people to them and soothed and helped and empowered because if we're really ultimately safe at that huge cosmic level, um, we can dare to, you know, face the things that scare us and do the right thing anyway, and that's the only thing that's ever protected humanity or advanced, you know, civilization. And so it seems, Bruce, that there are two sides to this story. It's absolutely riveting, fascinating, and as you say, all along the truth shall set us free. Now, given that, and using it from an energy consciousness perspective, given that we all come from energy, and there is a dominating narrative in one direction, but there is the other direction, which is all of the people, some 8 billion people on Earth and 7.95 plus billion of those people are the ones being affected by authority. So when you consider that, and then you consider the way that authority is not the truth, but telling us that they are, then if there is a hidden hand governing authority as well, and the questions are therefore, what do they want for us and for themselves and also what they don't want? And that's the most interesting part, the most exciting, because then you realise that they are nervous, that they are looking to push at a pace we've never seen before in all of history to come out and manifest their reality. But what I wanted to ask you was, do you have a view or a way to paint a picture of how you see a world where the truth has set us free? Yeah, and it's energy, comma, consciousness. These are words interchangeable for what exists. You know, you know what exists? Energy, you could call it consciousness. It's not energy consciousness, and I know that's how it sounds when I, when I was talking fast. And it, it speaks to the heart of the mystery, which is, how much of an illusion is is this you know am i a manifestation of the one and only spirit that's eternal or, or are we each so i i don't want to get confusing about that the name of the, the the name of the game is being aware of how we're feeling as individuals and whether we've got a mind that's racing with anxiety and worries the name of the game is know thyself why do you do what you do? And that opens the door. It seems very often, nothing's guaranteed, nothing works guaranteed for everybody, but that's the door, a great door that opens to a pondering of what causes what. And for me, it was why do I always habitually react in these certain ways? And, I, and I'm remembering your question, you know, what kind of future, you know, do I do I envision? Um, I'll answer that right now. I take it really, really one day at a time because 
everything I've read about the nature of reality and even energy from a physics point of view, from a quantum physics point of view, tells me, I have the impression is that what really exists is infinite potential, infinite possibilities. It, science for the last hundred years in developing the theories and the practices of quantum physics has realized that energy becomes what we want it to. The, the intention and the experiments in a lab determine whether or not energy manifests as particles or as waves. And as minutely as they can examine energy in any capacity, at its smallest levels, it gets blurry, it gets fuzzy. You can't say what it is, except that it, it's responsive to how it is regarded in an experiment. And I extrapolate that to think that it's conscious. It's responsive to my intention. It comes back you know, you, colloquially, is that how do you say that word? Close it's enough. well defined by it's thanks though the glass is half full if i see it that way it's mm -hmm. half empty if i see it that way this is a travail of tears you suffer and you die if you look at life that way or it's a playful game your eternal spirit is playing where you're pl we're playing hide and seek with ourselves the one and only spirit which is eternal and loving and kind and creative is manifesting as everyone and everything we're playing hide and seek with ourselves and that's how you know so where's the hope the hope is that literally anything is possible literally anything is possible practically a um, large enough mass of people who want the truth who love the truth and who want to resist tyranny could turn around the government's of every oppressive government on the planet, and we could all learn to live together nicely with justice and fair play and with confidence that, oh, when we die, it's really just a transition to another state, which is easy to believe when you hear and read what people say who have had near-death experiences, Jason. This is part of the whole you know, body of you know, evidence that persuades you know someone like me and, and many 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 people to to have total confidence that there's there's nothing to fear and and so now with these oligarchs and things like that tangibly if i hate them they win i'm just like them if i want to destroy anyone if i want to destroy them i'm just like them i'm playing their game as opposed to really really trying to be alone when i'm alone not when I'm, you know, not showing off on an interview like this. Not get, these are my best ideas, but I tell you, the challenge, like anybody else, is when you're alone with your own thoughts. It's and and and, you know, the human's mind from childhood gives us lots and lots and lots of fears, you know. So, no one's a superhero with this. We all have to really, really deal with the you know the runaway internal talking mind as i write about in my book i have a little chapter called the internal talking mind you know he, he's basically a beep you know <laughs> you know there's we all have inner critics that uh, can can paint doom and gloom with us so it's along the line it's along the lines of of constantly challenging ones challenging ourselves to be to to think about what do i want i want a world where 
everyone knows the real us, which is infinite love and consciousness, eternal love and consciousness, and a world that lives the ideals of the American founding, where I respect your rights, you respect mine, and everything in the public sphere of how we have to interact is the result of negotiation, compromise, where we honor each other's uh, rights, you know, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and all these wonderful things. What a wonderful summary and a beautiful way to be able to realize that you don't sit back and wait for someone else to do it, but you literally live every single moment along the way as you manifest the future that you want collectively, but also individually amongst all of the pitfalls that come along and that voice in the back of the head that constantly challenges and forces doubt. Bruce, it's a wonderful discovery of both macro and micro thinking, and I want to continue it after the break. You are watching and listening to Weekends with Jason Olborn here on TNT Radio. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> to learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, Nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes, across all missions, has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back to Weekends. My guest this hour is Bruce DeTorres. And before the break, we were getting into the very deep and meaningful conversation about how it is that we can look at the world that we live in, the world that we seem to be able to see and that many others can't, and what it all means in terms of a big picture outcome. What's the point against fighting against this hidden hand, this invisible enemy, against a massive population that doesn't see what we see, unless there's a good scenario at the end of it and 
trying to explore here with Bruce what it is that we can see. And Bruce, it's kind of obvious that uh, it has to come from within to be able to project without. And you make a, a lot of, you know, um, very, very interesting and thought-provoking uh, ideas you bring to the surface. The idea that, um, that this life is not the end of where our energy goes, and that's a huge understanding for people to accept because many, many can't. They you know, they, they talk about the idea that when you when you die, you're like a computer being switched off and that's the end of you forgotten for all of eternity. But it just doesn't seem to make sense when you understand energy at the source. Yeah, especially when you when you when you can read enough about it. I, I hope my book gets people started about those kind of things. And all these things are really a very, very small part of the book because it's really packed with uh examples of how corrupt our governments are, how corrupt uh, our, our media are. But back to what you were just asking about, even something as ubiquitous throughout human history as ghost stories. And if anyone's got a decent circle of family and friends, over time, you know, when you're hanging out and you start bringing up ghost stories, I, for one, have met many, 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 many people through the decades who have either seen such kinds of things or have aunts, uncles, and cousins and grandparents who have their stories about those kind of things. So whatever it takes to develop one's spiritual imagination, that's that's an insight into you know how Bruce does Bruce, how I, I go through my life. The, the very uh, important thing about my book and what TNT is doing is to wake up more people about the lies coming from our governments and from our media so we can protect ourselves by not automatically believing them and also spreading the word because more people need to rebel against the lies and demand honest and accountable government and representation if humanity is going to have a chance. The nooses tightening around our necks right now are urgent and important. We are already gone off the edge of certain cliffs, and we are at the edge of other ones that even this year could really, really prove catastrophic. And that's what I hope most people will get out of my book. Whatever hope that they get out of it from the spiritual ideas, not everyone's gonna buy into that. I've got yeah. lots of you know compelling stories and resources where one could follow up on everything we've been talking about to date, but I certainly have lots and lots of stories and sources proving, I think, like a lawyer in a courtroom to a, to a jury, these governments are corrupt, these major stories are lies, here's the resources for them, and here's you know how unacceptable it is. All for this great point, Jason, couple hundred years ago, during the American Revolution, and I find this, my impression is this is true with all revolutions. It's only about 4% of the population who actively rebel and fight and sway the whole thing. When I got convinced about that, I was energized, and I'm still energized to make that point. Well, you can't fight City Hall, Bruce. Wait a second. Just take America, for example, okay? 330, 340 million people. I haven't seen the latest number. We don't need half of America to clean house, to make our representatives work for us, 
with transparency and accountability. Maybe we need, if we just need 5%, that's, that's doable. And if that's true for humanity across the board, um, isn't, doesn't that, doesn't that inspire some hope, Jason? Oh, look, absolutely it does. And, and then looking now after so many years of the intensity, and, and you can kind of trace it back to the emergence of Donald Trump, the anti-establishment success story that becomes the president of the United States, and so many things are revealed, so many things are hidden, and then we just get to see in real time the behaviour uh, of how this establishment power base that uh, was invisible to most people until about eight years ago and all of a sudden it's out there how it actually behaves and what it's up to and how many mistakes it makes in real time and he's able to explain those mistakes away and the media just accepts it but more and more you feel as you're saying this growing groundswell of people that are just saying look this just no longer makes sense we can provide you know real data in terms of people's take up of booster shots for example the, the dramatic fall off that people just stopped believing the narrative and I guess if you're living the experience and realizing that the um, that the government once again overpromised and underdelivered which is the opposite of what you're meant to do in, in business Bruce isn't it you underpromise and overdeliver and that's how you build a business the government is not in in, in any business of actually you know delivering on what it says and then we come to this election year of 2024 and it's such an incredible year we've got um, Russia going to the polls in March India in April uh, Canada in October the United States in November the UK somewhere before January of next year and even Australia is back in the polls by May of next year. So these Five Eyes nations are going to have changes of government all around the world. It looks like India and Russia will keep their leaders, which says a lot about what's going on. And in all of that mix, uh, and then when you look at your uh, book cover, you know, right behind your shoulder there, and you've got RFK Jr. as a potential uh, independent presidential candidate, also a lawyer could very well become um, uh, Donald Trump's attorney general as an example. And that would just bring full circle to the, the possibility of what you're alluding to, that this thing could actually come to a head in 2024, Bruce. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not uh, a fan of Donald Trump's. Um, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden's. Um, to Trump's credit during his campaign, he spoke so much truth his, he either had a team or he himself knew what was on the internet, and that accounted for his great um, popularity. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot about him that was a huge disappointment to me. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, you know, if I would prefer that Kennedy becomes president. Um, I'm not 100% on board with everything that he espouses, but he certainly is is best describing the fascism of America, the, the corporate capture of our government, our representatives, and the agencies that are inflicting crimes against humanity. The enormity of the horrors facing the major countries, all the countries of the world, and especially the ones you named, you know, Dr. Naomi Wolf refers to it, and many others do, as a global coup. We are in the midst of a, of a rolling global coup over the last many, many years, but truly intensified in the name of and in the wake of COVID. And what the World Health Organization has on the table, what they're about to, uh, what the countries of the world are about to swallow because they're not protesting, I mean, rejecting them as well as they could. 
to learn all about that, folks need to go to jamesroguski.substack.com. That last name is R-O-G-U-S-K-I, jamesroguski.substack, and the likes of, you know, Dr. Merrill Nass, et cetera. Because the, the, the world is on fire right now, and it's, it's from the top down. It's from the globalist agenda to enslave, track, trace, monitor, sicken, poison, and kill um, tons of us. How quickly or how slowly has yet to be seen. There are, you know, with the rumblings of these new diseases that, that we're hearing about, you know, what forces that would do things like 9-11, an inside job for the sake of that war, for the sake of the shutting down of our rights and freedoms in the West, and forces that would do 9-11, uh, I'm sorry, COVID and the injections, which to many makes what the Nazis did in the Holocaust small potatoes. Mm. That's how, and if folks don't know how heinous are the harms, the injuries, the maimings, the cripplings, and the death and the suffering that are, that are being endured by people who took the jabs, and that's a tsunami that is yet to be completely fulfilled because who knows after three, four, five, six years, what kind of devastation those shots are going to wreak on people's immune systems. Bad enough, we see the heart problems and the cancer problems and things like that. So, you know, the house really is on fire and it's urgent for people to have an open mind, to get a book like mine, to listen to all the shows on TNT radio live and 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 dare to find some courage you know while i'm ranting please interrupt me anytime you want jason in my interviewing my own guests for the last year and my own continued research i've often talked to people in the medical uh community mm. former people because they had to leave because they yeah. knew like masks don't work these injections are dangerous just because they how fast they were developed there's never been anything called a vaccine that's come out that fast and and I've asked them, you know, when you be, you know, before you were fired or you left your clinic or your hospital, what percentage of people like you were speaking up trying to push back, you know, ten mm. percent? And they say, no, 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 not even five percent. So, Jason, that means all our dearly beloved neighbors and friends and relatives who work in hospitals as doctors and nurses and physicians assistants and orderlies and administrators and secretaries and typists and everything else who know, who've never seen such carnage, medical carnage, have never seen people with a supposed respiratory illness be treated the way that they were treated against all past human history. Mm. The, the quarantining them, the not giving them medication, the demonization of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that worked and waiting until they were, you know, really, really bad and then sticking them on ventilators and giving them these, you know, these deadly, you know, medicines or remdesivir, et cetera. Yeah. All the folks who still work in those institutions who know better have somehow got to be inspired with courage. And it's by modeling. They're there. You're OK. This might be a completely spiritual realm. You know, and it's a it's a it's a maturity test and it's a courage test. And while you remain silent, not only are more and more people dying, but more and more plans are about to come online that will only be stopped when enough of us 
push back, spread the word, get convinced, and throw our bodies in the gears of the machine to make it stop. Well said. And and it's interesting, isn't it, when you mentioned the WHO in there and realised that uh, the work that we're doing uh, here at TNT Radio and, of course, the work that you're doing and others are doing in, in other activities, such as what you're doing with Try and Publishing there, uh, is so important because we all think that maybe it's going to be someone on some given day to come out and make some grandiose statement, whether it be the Gettysburg Address or whether it be a sentence on the nightly news that wakes everyone up to realise this is the moment. It's not that at all. It involves, you know, just us here at TNT Radio, 24-7, two years running now. Uh, that is a lot of information, uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of work, a lot of expense to put all that together to show just how important this is, that this is not a one-trick pony whatsoever. On the contrary, it is the culmination of so much work. And just in this conversation today, mentioning the WHO, and of course, we haven't even mentioned the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and Davos going on at the moment. I will say this as we go to the break, that uh, over there in Davos, they're, uh, they're complaining once again that it's a little bit difficult and things aren't going their way, which says to me that there is a resistance and a resistance that people in the very echelons of power that are pulling the strings of this global organisation. I like to say that Klaus Schwab, who died and made him CEO of Earth Incorporated, it just seems that he just assumes the role and people just let him do it. And so this is a very big, big issue. It's not something that can be just turned around at one point, but a combination of the work. So it's our job to make things interesting and bring on as many different people as we can from expertise and backgrounds to explain. And that is the most exciting part of what we do here. Uh, and we'll continue that. We'll take a break and I'll come back and I'm going to talk to Bruce about some of the other authors that he's interviewed and also that have also published at Try and Publishing because you'll get an interesting perspective of the size, scope and magnitude and ability of some amazing people telling incredible stories that all of us want to know. And this is the best place to get it here on. TNT Radio. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for other adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. This is Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's, today's news, talk, news Talk, TNT. 
And welcome back to Weekends. My guest this hour is Bruce DeTorres. Bruce, moving along into some of the other work that uh, you're working with to promote and uh, have been published, I noticed that one particular author that you've interviewed is S.K. Bain. Can you tell me a little bit more about his work and what attracted you to his uh, profound ideas? Well, he has a number of books published by my publisher, Trine Day Publishing, trineday.com. And in the course of helping Chris Milligan with his podcast, I helped Chris, you know, uh, interview Kent a few times. He also goes by Kent. He's got devastating books. The exemplarily one is the most dangerous book in the world, 9-11 as a mass ritual. If you think it's hard to get people who believe official reality to think like, Muslims didn't do 9-11. The government was, was kind of, it was a definite false flag. Kent's book takes it to a whole other level. It's an examination of what I'll call the esoteric evidence that these things are psychological warfare uh, projects and rituals implemented from some kind of secret societal level that all these horrors, Jason, are inflicted for the purpose and with the spin and with the values that go back to really, really dark, satanic purposes, okay? He, from the numbers on the planes of 9-11 to the, the, the shapes of the buildings to the uh, longitude, latitude lines of many, many incidents, it's... it's so compelling it just humbles me it humbles me and many into realizing there's so much more behind what's going on it could it could be overwhelmingly frightening to people so that's why as cheerful as i hope i sound <laughs> it's a severe wake-up call and test of maturity in adulthood you know that scene in a few good men. I want the truth. Jack Nicholson screams, you can't handle the truth. This is some, it's some gut-wrenching stuff, but it's absolutely fascinating. And more uh, reason to develop your spiritual imagination because uh, by voting for our preferred candidate, that doesn't quite seem to <laughs> uh, confront what we might be up against another one of his books is uh blackjack and 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 the end is only the beginning so what was it about him or his work that intrigued you i think it was his ability to be able to take some very very big picture concepts and be able to explain them uh and and to also separate them uh, and of course we, we continually come back to the same stories you know we, we we start from spirituality or the belief in in god and that's the first word there of your book title we then look at um at, at real life conspiracies that are excluded from the mainstream and 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 and, and locked up that the lone gun theory of 
um, of JFK just does not hold water. Uh, the 9-11 theory, I mean, you've only got to mention World Trade Center 7 to realize that we've been bluffed in that story. So something as simple, you can go back to, um, to, to World War II and how it was that the US was brought into World War II and the conclusion there. And you just realize that when you map them back, perhaps even further back to World War One, that there's always been a, a narrative that's had to be played out to convince the people that uh, there is something up that therefore that the government gets to act in a certain way and manipulate and of course when they get away with it once they get away with it a second time and then you've got a business model and it seems that that business model is what's going on the only difference now is that there is a working group of people and I think it was Brett Weinstein who said it on Tucker Carlson's interview that he said we've got all the smart guys on our team now and he says they're the people that I want to play with and I thought that was fascinating because that seems to be the thing that the discerning interest is that the people who were mocked and ridiculed for, oh, you won't be able to do your research, you're not a doctor during COVID, to the state where, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Uh, anything, as you say, that the government tells you, you can start with the fact that it's probably incorrect or a lie, and then you build from there. And that's just one of those situations. I couldn't believe it when I saw Chris Cuomo on CNN saying, we will tell you what to believe in COVID. We had Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, saying that we are the, um, the literally the Ministry of Truth. Goodness me. And um, you don't even trust your doctor now because some politician is going to tell you what to do. And then you find out that there's all these uh, uh, exemptions over in New Zealand that were available to people uh, in, in the political world that didn't have to follow through on what they were selling. And for mine, that means that you are persisting with the ultimate betrayal of the people that you're meant to represent. Um, do as I say, not as I do. The idea of leading by example has just been surrendered. And that's when you know that leadership must change one way or another. Uh, it's quite devastating. That's probably, I think, that when you can find the best quality writing uh, describing and revealing the best quality narratives, which is obviously what happens at Try and Day Publishing. It seems to be the uh, mm. the MO there and unafraid to be able to publish it and then to support those authors the way that uh, you're doing. Mm. And I'm delighted to be able to uh, to also speak to these uh, wonderful people and their ideas and explore those. So uh, I'm quite privileged and thank you for that, Bruce. Uh, and, and that's part of this, this bigger picture, this building process, this block by block. And it seems that there's always one story that people say, well, that was the one that did it for me. And what I was hoping to do was to get your comment on another person that you interviewed recently on your show, Bart Sabrell, uh, and he mm. was involved with um, being able to sort of dismantle um, the, the the moon landings, and I was hoping to get a bit more of a perspective on what you know about Bart and what he was able to explore that convinced you that there was something up there. Yeah, about 10 years ago, I found uh, the main documentary that he made. People can find it. I'll tell you where in a second. It's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. It's about 46 minutes long, okay, made by this filmmaker named Bart Sibrel, S-I-B-R-E-L. Go to his website sabrell.com and right there above the fold first screen there's a there's something you can click to watch a funny thing happened on the way to the moon now he has since put out a, a, a follow-up documentary about what the astronauts how they evade the truth as he's tried to interview them over the last 20 years and he's got lots and lots of resources that fairly prove that the apollo missions never went to the moon. Those Americans never landed on the moon. And I will say that I'm, I'm fairly persuaded about that. And he also wrote a book called Moon Man, 
which is which recounts his uh, effort, struggle for years to make that documentary, to try to talk to these astronauts, and how he's been threatened by uh, shadowy figures, uh, and and how hard it is, you know, to to tell that kind of a truth. But it's absolutely astounding. Like to, now, now to me, of course, because this, 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 and story. These stories are lies. There's no way, just logically. But you have to see the evidence. You know, um, it's it's absolutely devastating. And to to just circle back to Trying Day for a second, TryingDay.com. Books that challenge official history. That was Chris Milligan's mission 20 years ago when he started publishing books. And folks can go there and see see the you know the all the books that you could, the different topics and things like that. There's also a link to our the podcast. 130 episodes, 138 episodes, something like that. Each about a half hour long with these authors. And pick a title you like, listen to all, all of them. It's an amazing free curriculum to get people up to speed from any particular story into this whole worldview. Because at the end of the day, knowing that there's no savior, that we can vote into office who's going to save us, we have to pull up our own boots and we have to realize, wow, I can't, I don't have the right or the luxury to be bored with life or to think that there's nothing I can do. That's how urgent the situation is. It's all hands on deck. And everyone who loves life and wants children to be healthy and to even have a future have to have the courage to at least start raising questions that are awkward at family dinner tables among friends and family. I don't want to monopolize our, our last few minutes here, Jason. What's next? Well, I, I guess you, you get down to the, to the conclusions that you're able to draw from a body of work that, uh, in your case, so a, a book has taken the best part of 20 years to uh, to, to put together from discovery to uh, deep dive research. And you come out on the other side and you draw these uh, conclusions that others also draw in the sense that this is a mass awakening of, uh, of information and a collective will to realise that um, we've probably been sold a raw deal in terms of how we live our lives. Yet we look outside and we're meant to believe that, you know, there's this all this abundance around us, you know, unlimited food, unlimited, um, you know, property. There's people buying, you know, brand new um, electric vehicles, you know, for six figure uh, amounts that uh, don't even have to work anymore. But there's that whole pride thing that's going on there and keeping up with the Joneses and, and, and using that to measure and say that we're doing well today. But when you look at the reality behind the scenes, whether it be WHO telling us that there's another disease X that's on its way, that uh, you're going to have to knuckle down and do what we told you to do last time, which was to uh, to take our uh, medicine that we now want to make compulsory. And if you don't do it, we're going to penalise you because we're going to bring in a security system that says um, that you have to use this way to be able to buy those goods and services that you now wanted. And if you don't, well, therefore, we're going to deem that everyone be tarred with the same brush and be automatically deemed to be a criminal. And 
and excluded from society. To think that that's even normal today that uh, and, and people just seem to want to go along with it, almost as if they're willing to negotiate with terrorists, which is one of those things we've been taught our whole lives that, that well, it's particularly the US government, we don't negotiate with terrorists, and yet every single person in the world now is meant to negotiate that with their, mm. their own way through. It's like the Holocaust, as you brought up earlier. Um, who would have thought that something that we've all, again, been taught our entire lifetimes, that uh, this would never happen again, only for it to virtually happen again and people just not even realizing it doesn't seem that you even need to change too much about a narrative to be able to you just change the the cast of characters and perhaps the uh the, a little bit of the plot and you just recycle through the same narrative yet again so that's what i find frustrating in in, in what we've been able to sort of scratch around and, and 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 uncover today but there's that recurring theme there um i guess it's more than just asking for a, a question of hope at this stage but are you confident therefore that all of the work that you're doing we're doing at tnt radio that other people are doing around the world will get to a stage therefore that there will be that five percent critical mass that is able to switch things around do you think it happens organically or do you think that perhaps the events that are, that are unfolding in real time also add to that way of realizing uh, and a great breakdown in this uh, official narrative where people go okay now i get what bruce has been saying all along yeah good things could happen there are so many people who labor 24-7 to find and report great truths like this, like Dr. Naomi Wolf, naomiwolf.substack.com, read what she posts, or dailycloud.io, her uh, platform for research and truth along these lines. There are really, really smart people, professional journalists who are now you know, ostracized from the mainstream, pushing, finding this information, pushing out this information, and trying to have seminars and, and meetings and groups and are raising awareness about it. And they say there's definitely a great chance that enough of the world will wake up and uh, save itself. There's also the, the um, desperation on some of the you know, major evil powers that, you know, that are out there doing these type of things. You can see they are pivoting and they're even ramping up, you know, even the threats against us. And, uh, you know, that there is, there's tremendous reasons to uh, fortify oneself to get into this and make this effort every every single day. And there it is. It's kind of obvious, isn't it, that uh, it's a process. And I tell you what, the people uh, that are on social media in freedom movement never, ever seem to give up in their relentless pursuit of new information and being able to do it. The discernment, though, of course, is always there that uh, it takes a lot of hard work to be able to discern you know, fact from fiction. Also, at a time that it seems that everything that people believe uh, in the official narrative seems to be a lie. And that's the very, very difficult part of what we see there, that it's it is confusing, but you uh, rely on intuition, your own research, and a very, very interesting process. We've reached the end of our interview a lot of time. Bruce DeTorres, I want to thank you for uh, being able to participate today, and thank you for the great work that you do at Try and Day Publishing, and of course, here on TNT Radio. Thanks, Bruce. We will be back with more after the break here on TNT Radio. <laughs> 